We're joined by the team from Reinvig, which is one of our partners that have been with us now for, I would say, over a year. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Heads in the Cloud with your host, David Portnowitz, Graham Potter, and John Roth. episode of Heads in the Cloud. I'm David Portnowitz. I'm John Roth. And today we have a very special yeah. edition of our of Heads in the Cloud. We, I think this is the most people we've ever had at one time, John. What do you think? It's a posse. It's a posse. <laughs> that's right, yeah? They've come from all, all over parts of, the, parts of the globe to be with us today. And it's, this room is very crowded. I'm a little, well, I, I'm not used to being around this many people at one time, you know, unsupervised. So we should, we should clarify that we are socially distant in this time. We are, we are crowded in a Zoom room, but that's it. So we're joined by the team from, from Reinvig, which is one of our, our partners that have been with us now for, I would say, over a year. Um, and we're joined by uh, Ryan Ibarra, the founder, Craig, uh, Craig Swezzy, the vice president of sales, Dan Ziegler, the enterprise account manager and Anil Sohani, who's one of the account executives. Thank you all so much for joining us today. Um, I want to kick it off by uh, turning it over to Ryan, and maybe you can tell us a little bit about Reinvig, what you guys do, who you are, and sort of how you came to start a star. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you so much for having us on your podcast today. We're super excited. Um, yeah, we're, we're rolling in as a as a posse today, that's kind of how we are, you know, we don't always win at one person, we always win as a team. It's kind of a funny story how I created Reinvig, and it's really because of Star to Star. Um, I was at MSP World last year with Jason, and, you know, Jason and I just kicked it off, and we kind of like, hey, did you ever think about actually you making that money instead of giving it away to your company? <laughs> and you know what? I was just like, huh. Very interesting. And then, you know, a couple months later, I started to reinvig. And, you know, we've been a partner with Star to Star for a little bit over a year now. And um, yeah, I mean, today we're, we're helping companies across the country uh, make that cloud adaption into the cloud. And uh, we're super excited to be part of your network. And yeah, that's who we are today. And you guys are based mainly in out west in California with some presence in Texas. Do you have presence anywhere else too? Yeah, we're actually across the country. So okay. um, we're in um, Mississippi, Florida, New Jersey, Austin, Vegas, Seattle, uh, San Francisco, uh, Paso Robles, and Los Angeles. How about Toledo? Toledo, Ohio. No Toledo, Ohio today. Okay. That's probably in the future. That's probably 2021. Okay. <laughs> And, and Ryan, would you consider you got um, you guys more of an MSP, or how how, would, how do you classify yourselves? So our initial approach was it's really to be on that MSP level. We're not a true MSP today, but that's the main focus. It's kind of like phase two um, of who we are. But really, we're IT consultants, IT brokers, who are you know bringing those technology solutions to companies today. Very cool, and. I want to talk a little bit about some of the verticals you guys specialize in. And I know one of those is, is legal. And so, Craig, this question over to you, you know, what are some of the things um, that COVID has done to transform the legal, the legal industry specifically? Because I know that has been big sort of upheaval in that space. So 
uh, interested to hear what you what you've seen in the legal space. Yeah, perfect. Thanks for bringing that up. Um, so really, over here at Reinveg, I do specialize on the the vertical of legal. Um, one of the biggest things is we know is for those lawyers that are out there, the majority of their time is really kind of spent in the courthouse. So they're used to you know dabbling outside of the office and really investing a lot of their time there, um, almost remote, if you would, away from the, the office space. Um, so with this happening, a lot of the law offices have, you know, literally kind of had everybody kind of leave the building itself to, you know, start working remote. Um, and then it really started bringing in the perspective of, well, if we did this full time, we would be able to eliminate the overhead costs that we have on the leasing agreements, you know, for those retail spaces that they occupy on a daily basis. Um, so really, it's been kind of a, a win for them in regards to, you know, still being able to practice, still being able to go into the courtroom, but now we've reduced that overhead cost of paying out that six, seven, ten thousand $10,000 a month for that, that leasing space. Um, so that's one of the biggest transformations that we've seen in that particular industry here at Reinvig. The legal space, how have they been on the upswing, the downswing, like what, what's, what's sort of been the, the the trend since COVID started, you know, what, what are, what are you seeing? Like, is it, is it, do you have younger people coming in or old, like what, what's sort of going on? Yeah. So they haven't really seen any kind of decline in um, actual revenue on an annual basis, just because of the fact that you still have the criminals out there committing the felonies. Um, <laughs> so that always, always keeps them uh, a little more, you know, in tune opposed to whatever's going on. Right. So yeah. COVID-19 is happening, but yeah, people are still robbing banks and what have you. Um, so that really has not dropped off, but what they really have seen is a way to be diverse, um, you know, utilize everything that's going on with this pandemic to, you know, utilize, work, start working remote. And, um, so that's one of the biggest things as far as, uh, age discrepancies, I've always kind of had that work from home aspect um, going into it. Um, but now some of the older generation that are still in that particular industry are, are utilizing, um, the opportunity to, to work remote and, and really kind of cut down on the overhead costs. That's awesome. Well, yeah, I think the millennial side, you know, you, you, you certainly have that workforce coming into play and, and across the spectrum and, and legal being one of those areas. Um, so I'm sure that's definitely sort of maybe shaking up the industry a bit because, you know, like you said, they're, they're, the, the, that generation's a bit more used to working on a computer, working from home, working anywhere, you know, not having to spend every hour in the office. So that's definitely going to have a shift in, in how business gets done. Are there any good customer stories or good customer examples you have from the legal space that you'd want to hit on and talk, you know, maybe how you help them through the transition or what, you know, what you've seen, you know, any type of, any type of like sort of use case you've had? Yeah, absolutely. So, um, you know, I've been dealing with a, a law firm that's based on the East Coast. Um, they're pretty big. They have about 350 employees that, you know, are, were working um, on-prem and uh, have moved off of that. But really the conversation that I had um, with the gentleman that was over there was, you know, what are you doing today to, you know, securely put everything up in the cloud? These are solutions that we solve for. This is something that, you know, reoccurs on a daily basis um, in that particular industry. Um, and the gentleman's response to me was, you know, right now he's literally writing his notes down on a pizza box and he's throwing that inside of a, a storage <laughs> facility, you know, in his 
retail office right there. So that's not, so that's not the cloud. Just that's just just, just right, right. That's not that's not the cloud. That's uh, Domino's or Pizza Hut. Give them a little little paper to write on there. Um, it's not encrypted. Then it won't be encrypted. I mean. <laughs> that's that's true. That's true. Unless he unless he eats the box after the pizza, perhaps. That's, I think that's an option for him. I think be, before Craig approached him, I think they had a a pizza box shredder. That's what they were doing, I believe. <laughs> it's true. They might have been a nail. Um, so yeah, that was something, and you know, really kind of brought uh, some of the solutions that we offer over here at Reinvig to you know securely put them up in the cloud. Um, it was something that they had dabbled in before. The owner was um, kind of stuck in his uh, you know tech ways that are from the '60s, '70s, um, and really were able to evolve and you know utilize the solutions and services that we offer to um, you know, move everything up there. Um, but kind of going back to it with, uh, you know, the work-life balance, that's something that's always been there for that generation. And every generation is a little bit different, right? Um, but for that generation, that's huge because it really gives an opportunity to invest that full day of work, even a little bit more hours. You're cutting down on your commute. You're able to be around your family a little bit more. Um, you know, sometimes that's good. Sometimes it's bad. It depends if you're married or not, right? But, um, you know, these are all things that that's really kind of changed. And so with this pandemic that's going on, um, you know, we at Reinvig have noticed that it's, it's going to be a permanent change. And there's companies that are out there that are outside of the vertical industry of legal, such as, you know, for instance, we're talking about pizza. So Domino's call center of uh, 10,000 employees that are working out of one particular retail building. Um, we're all forced, you know, uh, nine months ago, whatever it was um, to start working from home. Um, they were able to adapt to this and Domino's was able to save around 25,000 a month just in the retail. Um, so it's a great way to increase the overall revenue for the company itself. Um, we've seen that here at Reinvig and those are really some of the solutions that, you know, we offer in the, the vertical industry of legal. That, that's awesome. I, I, I think that uh, when we get down to, you know, the other verticals that you guys cover, uh, insurance for one. So I'll, I'll, I'll speak to that. I think that all of these industries have been so entrenched and you've got, you know, sometimes just generation upon generation of uh, same ownership, uh, but they're really entrenched in our, uh, in our economy. So the insurance industry, uh, uh, Anil, if you can answer, uh, like selling to insurance companies, give me a case story about, uh, you know, how that vertical works. And since uh, we're in the pandemic that we're in, how has that changed? you have an example of that? Sure. Um, coming from insurance background, I uh, was an insurance agent before joining Reinvig. And before that, I was with Oracle as a senior consultant. So uh, being in the tech industry and then being in the sales insurance uh, side, I came to Reinvig uh, hoping to, you know, marry the two uh, paradigms and kind of, you know, go with it. And, and having that insurance background and understanding of the industry uh, made it a lot easier, a lot smoother. Um, so, you know, the insurance industry is generally well prepared for these, uh, you know, major loss events, um, you know, including the pandemics and, and so on. But the financial impacts really will take time to be assessed and will be, uh, you know, the insurer and reinsurer specific. And uh, what that means is insurers are really responding to this outbreak on, you know, multiple fronts as uh, claims payers employers as well as investment managers and uh, each having you know their own distinct challenges not just for the insurance industry but for the global economy and a society as a large 
And I, the insurance uh, firm, for example, that I left, uh, I'm still part with them, you know, I'm still making the, you know, the, the normal re residual income and such, but uh, went back to them as a uh, sale on the sales side with Ryan and Craig. Um, by my side, and uh, we kind of worked with my uh, previous employer uh, to to talk about some of the uh, you know offerings that we have, uh, such as the uh, uh, voice over IP and a variety of other seats that we can provide uh, for their current uh, systems, their ERP systems for. Uh, sorry, their CRM systems, uh, you know, currently at play. And, uh, you know, they're, they're just looking for more security and more ways for their clients to be able to, uh, you know, have their information stored in the cloud and uh, not on-prem because everyone's working from home. So there's a lot of, uh, you know, cases that are still being uh, worked on here in Texas, at least. And, uh, and you know, it's it's just a growing, uh, growing number of... Uh, you know, uh, you know, parts of the vertical. We're kind of sort of thankful for uh, the pandemic for kind of causing this, you know, shake up or wake up really for this vertical. And, uh, you know, we've just been uh, tackling it. And I've been with Reinvig for about a month now, a uh, month and a half, and it's just been uh, a lot more growth uh, to come. So, uh, you know, pretty confident. Excellent. That's good. You, you came from the, uh, so you came from the insurance industry and, uh, you know, the old question has to, I have to ask, are you wearing khakis right now? Uh, you know, we're on podcast right now, and luckily we're just doing a, a you know, neck up okay, kind of I deal. Got the, I got the red shirt going, so I'm not yeah. insurance, but I wanted to make sure that, you know, you're in khakis at least. Okay. <laughs> yeah. And honestly, this background of San Francisco, I was trying to emphasize I... on my Oracle background, but look at that. <laughs> you know? But uh, yeah, no, honestly, uh, it's been a great, a great start to the, to joining this company and uh, so much more to come. So uh, yeah, do you see a lot of companies kind of scrambling to get to, uh, you know, the booster call center and get that out in a remote environment where they don't have to have the, you know, the huge offices and, and the space. And now we have the social distancing. And uh, so do you see that happening a lot? A thousand percent. Yes. Yes. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred thousand percent. I don't know what numbers to give you guys in this situation, but you know, a potential long-term impact on the insurance companies may have answered the question. And uh, that being the time lag for insurance claims to be notified to insurers and uh, as well as being uh, assessed and paid for, you know, even though the insurers have commenced the process of evalu evaluating their claims reserves in light of this current circumstances, it's still expected that this will be ongoing as fact uh, patterns emerge. And, uh, you know, if there were uh, prepared well enough to, in advance with these uh, the UCAS systems we provide at uh, Reinvig, UCAS being Unified Communications as a Service for anyone listening for the first time, um, you know, they'd have a, a leg up overall. And, and the transition from pre-COVID to post would have been so much smoother. And I got to say, you know, adding to that, you know, virtual desktops, soft phone applications, business SMS, you know, the text messages that go out uh, from, you know, uh, insurance firms to their uh, clients saying, hey, you know, be careful. This is coming up, um, you know, and stay indoors for crazy weather because we get a lot of hail here in Dallas or uh, flooding in Houston. So Texas is just a, you know, cluster, uh, you know, F of so many different things, you know, urgent responses and mass notifications. And, you know, so many of these services, you know, we provide here, reinvigorate to these insurance firms and companies, you know, and, and they can really prepare their clients uh, for the God forbid, you know, for example, the second wave of the COVID uh, pandemic or, you know, impacting their business operations and, and really just keeping their clients and employees informed. So there's no, you know, time lag and, and uh, other, uh, 
you know, impacts to business. Yeah, my, uh, my, my brother's an insurance agent has been in for, uh, well, 30 plus years. So, wow. uh, you know, you know, he's been around and, uh, you know, they all had to come to the office and that was their environment. Nowadays they're, they're all virtual and, uh, he's quite frankly living on the, he's plays golf more than he, he works. Uh, I don't even know you had a brother. That's the first time I've ever heard about this brother in like 70 episodes of this podcast. <laughs> Well, okay. Well, okay, David. Well, David seems a little upset over that. Well, we'll talk about that <laughs> well, lunch, and I'm sorry that I didn't bring my brother into it. Yeah. Let's, uh, that's what we we'll save that for another episode. John, we're going to have to connect with your brother. This is interesting. I want to play golf like him. This is, he's living a life. I don't know what we're doing. He is, uh, he is a golfer. I am not. Uh, he has uh, been in the insurance business for probably about 40 years, his own agency about 30 years. So, you know, he is, he's, he's well done. He, he's, 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 he's retired. You know what I mean? He's got it made. Especially the residual market. Made and in the shade with lemonade. Question, uh, Anil, have you ever, uh, you know, how close are you with, um, you know, Patrick Mahomes? Are you guys really that tight? <laughs> he plays for the Chiefs. What are you talking about? <laughs> Not a Dallas guy. No, I know, but he's 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 the same guy. He's like the State Farm guy. I mean, I can see. We have to make this a little bit fun. I mean, this can be really dry. You know, UCAS can be very dry, so you got to have a lot of water. We got to throw some. This, Wait, didn't didn't Mahomes go to Texas Tech though? Maybe uh, uh, Texas Tech. He yeah, may yeah, have he's from Tyler, uh, Texas, actually. Okay. I was in I was in Tyler this past weekend actually. Uh, my family goes to UT Tyler right now actually. So yeah, yeah, yeah. sounds about right. And and Anil is Anil is the uh, celebrity face of Reinvig, so we definitely hold that. Well, I could tell. I could tell by his background. <laughs> yeah, that's right. Honestly, that's yeah. Right. You know, when I saw that Star to Star had their own podcast, I, I was like, Francisco, we got to do this. We got because background. Just a little heads up. I uh, I host seven radio shows in three days in Dallas. Wow. And uh, the rest of the four days, I'm in Houston, so I'm I'm back and forth between cities. Uh, but yeah, Houston and Dallas are my two, uh, you know, places, my stomping grounds. And uh, Dallas is where the radio shows are hosted and uploaded as a podcast into the cloud and on Mixcloud. So um, I was like, we got to do this, you know, Reinvig. You know, we're partners. We got to make the most of this, you know, relationship. What's the, what's the topic of your podcast and radio shows? Uh, so uh, three different uh, types of shows. One is a car talk show. So it's the first of its kind. It's a South Asian car talk show. So it's like I'm speaking in English, but the crowd is like predominantly South Asian. Uh, so I got a couple of co-hosts that are in-house car consultants. They're you know, in the car sales and they talk about uh, consumerism with uh, vehicles and car industry and car trends and so on. Uh, second show is uh, really my baby. I'm 160 shows strong in this and it's called uh, Millennial Masala and Millennial is being my generation and Masala just means like, uh, translates to like herbs and spices, you know, like, like how you say it in India and Pakistan. And uh, so just me talking about being a millennial in America, but still having that Pakistani, you know, South Asian cool. uh, correspondence. And then uh, the third show is a late night show, which was kind of like something that popped up out of nowhere and has gotten the most traction. It's called The Night Owls. And it's me and two of my colleagues that we just talk about. Every night we choose a different word to dissect. And we take it on a whole other level from introspection to retrospect to anything and everything we can cover. And, um, yeah, a lot of uh, engagement with audiences. Awesome, Anil. That's so cool that you host those shows. That's, that's yeah. great. Thank you. I'd love to talk to you more about my um, Subaru Ascent SUV, but I don't think that's really the main, the main focus of your uh, car talk show. 
Off the air. <laughs> off the air. We'll, 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 we'll tackle it. Off the air together here. Let's, let's move Thank on. You, Neil. I think, uh, David, you want to uh, go on the education? Yeah, I think so. I, well, an education is, 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 a, is one I really wanted to hit on in the last two here, education and healthcare, because those are two industries specifically that we have seen major growth in since, the, since uh, COVID has started. Um, uh, and specifically, I want to I talk to Dan about this. So, you know, I know where we have seen big pickups in education. And, and uh, I was talking to an analyst this morning, and, and she was talking about how the education space specifically has seen about 10 years worth of digital transformation packed into six months. Um, and so I, I'm, it, it's, it's insane with healthcare, honestly, too. Right. But, um, you know, education. So what are some of the things that you've seen, obviously, specifically around remote learning, um, and, uh, you know, how has reinvig kind of come in and helped? Yeah, I think, you know, uh, it's a great question because you are seeing it. And I think if any of us have children, you've also kind of experienced right now as well in your own home. And so, yes. um, you know, the first thing is, and it's like an obvious one, you would think, but it's internet access, you know, I, right now within the schools, unfortunately, 14% of the children between the ages of thir uh, three to 18 don't even have internet access. So, the schools had to figure out how to give and get internet access to the children so that they can do any remote work, you know, and so pivoting during this pandemic has been a big thing for um, our educational institutions. And so what you've seen is now uh, companies coming in and we're, you know, trying to help identify carriers who can help provide services to these families. Uh, and most of them are lower income families anyways that don't have those internet access. So they're needing that service for free and you're having to work and find that for them and then working where they can't get internet access finding mobile providers who can give them hotspots as well. I just actually recently heard a, a, a school in the area was actually doing a drive-in Wi-Fi. And so the families would come in with their cars with the kids with their laptops and so that they can just get remote connectivity uh, and be a part of the classroom environment. So again, it's, it's a really strange dynamic, but it's forcing these uh, schools to pivot. And the second thing is computers, obviously. Again, if you're using the same statistic, uh, you're getting computers in the hands of everybody, and then not every household has a, has a computer. So again, thank you to companies like Google and Microsoft and Apple who've been providing their, their tools for these schools so that they continue to educate. It's been, you know, it's been very helpful. And then when we come in, you know, one of the biggest pieces, the unified communications aspect of this is the video collaboration uh, tools so that the teachers can now engage with their students, having the apps that integrate with those application tools for um, for, in, uh, for being able to do the uh, classroom environment and doing those things. So, you know, reinvig has been, we've been able to help a lot of educational uh, schools in the area and really focus in on that and advise them in those areas so that we can bring about the best solution for them. Yeah, um, my wife works in the school system here where I, where I live and, um, you know, specifically when, you know, in the, in the spring when things are really you know, everyone kind of got shut down immediately and there was not really a time to prepare. You know, I, I could, there were definitely stories about families having to drive into the parking lot in a bus loop into yeah. Starbucks in the parking lot there and connect to the Wi-Fi. Um, you know, so, I, and, and, you know, they obviously had, you know, four or five months to prep before the fall, the fall year started. And so they were able to get more hotspots and to get more laptops, but even still there's a shortage in those materials too. Yep. And, you know, specifically down in Florida, you know, we have um, basically the teachers teaching at the, you know, her kids in the classroom as well as kids on Zoom at the same time. 
right you know the hybrid model yeah and they, they've given it like another name here some with this it's just obviously the name is like slipped me right now but um you know it's it's interesting because you know they they deployed you know hundreds of cisco cameras across all their schools in every classroom that were going to follow the teacher around and um you know for those kids that wanted to stay home and you know i think that's a tough thing for kids to learn like you know, like to learn in that kind of environment when the you're not really teach. you're not really speaking directly to the camera. It's kind of like you're listening in um, when the rest of the class. So, I, you know, listen, they're doing the best they can. Absolutely. Oh, they are. You know, under the circumstances and they're adapting, um, which is fantastic. Uh, but, you know, I, I'm sure at the beginning of the last school year, they didn't think they were going to have to go out and buy, you know, thousands of Cisco cameras to put in their classrooms and do those no. kinds of things. So, no, no. Uh, it's funny you say that because actually uh, one of the teachers I was interviewing a, t a teacher the other day and and she had said it the, the challenge is not even the students anymore it's the parents yeah <laughs> they're they're popping their head in on the zoom screen and and feeding Johnny while he's eat, uh, you know right in the middle of the classroom setting that doesn't normally happen in a school environment yeah yeah I had someone had asked in our in my kids classroom oh can I can I um pop in and listen and the teacher was kind of like Mm, yeah. yeah yeah exactly let's let's stay away from that like this is you know you, you don't pop in normally so like you know just because there's <laughs> there's a there's a video link available let's not do that too anyways yeah um, to focus a little bit back on 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 reinvig so um you know what are some of the concerns of changes from a technology perspective you know I, i'm sure there's a ton of things that are a bit you know there's been there's a pros but like what are the what's like, on the console well, I think, you know, one of the biggest cons is that um, schools have all of a sudden become enterprise-grade environments, right, with, with tens of thousands of connected users, and then they don't have the enterprise budgets or even the headcounts to support that. And so you're seeing a lot of um, challenges within the, uh, within the schools because they, they had a very limited IT staff, most of these uh, uh, school districts, unless they were a super large one. But, um, and, I, and I think also the schools are just looking at this as just a temporary pivot, right? And now they're looking at it saying, is this actually going to continue to go on? And if so, is, are we going to offer hybrid models where we can allow students to do remote work and, and in-classroom work and all that good stuff? So that is one of the things that we're really seeing. And the second thing that's come up is uh, the security threats, right? All of a sudden now we had a couple of ransomware attacks uh, with some school districts. One of them actually was a local school district here in our area. And it took them down for two weeks. They're actually back up and running again. But again, the the security threats things that these people weren't well equipped for you know and so they 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 got hit i think the other thing is too is they're finding out is just that now that you're giving kids access to the internet what are we going to do to protect our children from getting on harmful sites and so the again it's giving them the tools and the things that they need to get on uh, into those sites or protect them from going to those sites and protect their screen time and all that good stuff that goes along with that as is as parents, we really are concerned about. And then the last thing really is the, uh, the endpoint management aspect of it. And I think it ties into, again, help desk now for a school district where in my wife actually works for a school district as well. And she's an, and she's an, actually a help desk uh, for some certain apps that somebody has a question. And it's something she was never equipped for, or trained for, that wasn't what she does, but she's actually fielding help desk questions now for that. And so I think some of that endpoint management and being able to help 
Um, those are some of the technical challenges that are being faced. And you know, again, when you start looking at desktop as a service, you start looking at a lot of the things that are out there. These are the things that reInvent can really help them with and, and start to provide them with the tools that allow them to streamline their operation and really become more effective at what they're doing, especially with limited staffing, right? And it frees up the staff to do other things. Yeah, that's a great point on the DAS side. Um, you know, and and specifically, we have seen lots of schools that have that all of a sudden have money to spend. Right? They they were given tech, they were given IT budgets to go out and procure those pieces of technology that they didn't have previously. And so right. we had seen a tremendous uptick on the education side. A lot of school boards, a lot of school districts looking to purchase. Um, DAS, looking to purchase uh, voice and video, um, looking for you know messaging and collaboration tools. So I, I think it's it's like I think like Emil said and like Craig said, you know the the pandemic has brought a lot of of terribleness, right? I mean like we can all agree on that, but right. um, um, it's also brought a lot of change and a lot of change that's probably not going anywhere and that's gonna that's going to um, affect how we you know live here on out, you know, it's just, it's, it's, you know, the way we, way we go to work, the way we commute, the way we do business is all changed because of, of the pandemic. And a lot of that is forced businesses to make a lot of short sided decisions, right? They had to make a decision right away. Right. Um, and uh, some of those decisions are now being sort of looked back and seeing how they could be altered to have more of a, a longer tail future. So, I think that's what we're going to see over the next six to 12 months is companies looking back and maybe thinking, you know, oh, I got this, this free application. I, I just, I pivoted to whatever was cheapest and fastest. And now I need to go back and figure out what's actually the best in class. Exactly. Exactly. And I think that's what we're going to see over the next six to 12 months. So yeah. um, very, very cool there. And then John, I want to turn it back over to you and, and we can talk a bit yeah. about healthcare. Yeah. Let's talk. Uh, and I'm going to, uh, Ryan, let's talk about healthcare a little bit. Uh, really. What is your approach to selling to the healthcare vertical? How do you how, how do you approach it? Um, tell me, tell me, what what is what is the secret sauce? The secret sauce for Reinvig uh, today is really looking for SMB mid market healthcare companies um, that we can actually go tackle. Um, the very first thing we do is look for C level executives. I mean, we're going to need to talk to decision makers today that make those business decisions to bring on new solutions. Um, and how the way we do that is being very strategic. You know, we look for contacts within the company that we have existing relationships. Um, Dan's really good with that. He's like the strategic, you know, uh, executive on that level. Um, you know, we look at people with LinkedIn connections. Um, and then also if we can get in some type of internal recommendation from an employee, secretary, you know, we find most success in those areas. Um, and once we get through to through the door and, you know, get a face to face meeting uh, and do proper discovery, that is the main key there. Um, we really have to understand the business. We don't really talk too much about technology. And that's really how we create that blueprint for success. And then once we understand where they're at today, where they're trying to go, understand 
you know, all the issues that they need to improve on a technology standpoint, you know, we bring in the right providers to really help them with that. Yeah. There's a lot of uh, regulation there, uh, especially in the healthcare, you know, a lot of private information has to be secured down. That's probably been a, a, a major challenge uh, in the healthcare industry, in, especially in this day and time, because, you know, I, I talk to my doctors and I'm talking to them on, on video or a phone call. Uh, so they've had to adapt pretty quickly. There's some pretty kludgy things out there, quite frankly, that they've been using. Uh, it just popped up out of nowhere. So do you, do you go in and, and try to, you know, really take an inventory of, of, of what they're doing, what they're trying to accomplish, because there's some fines involved if they don't do it exactly correctly, you know, along the way. So do you help with that process as well as kind of laying out a, a, a process with them of like, you know, don't get fined over here in this scenario because you, you took the information the wrong way. Do you help out with that? Yeah, you know, uh, healthcare is very complicated these days. HIPAA and SOC compliance issues and regulations, you know, partners like star to star have those, you know, certifications in place to make it so much easier to have those business conversations. So, yeah, we, we definitely do help on that level. Uh, also, you know, there are some, um, there are grants out there right now through the CARES program that, uh, you know, a lot of people, I'm sure you guys know about those and, and you know, what, what kind of money's available in all of the industries that we're, we've been talking about today. So that's something that, uh, do, do you, do you look at those and see where, you know, because right now I think by the end of November, which is today, uh, that's where a lot of the, the, actually the, uh, education industry, they, if they didn't file for certain grants, they weren't going to be able to get them, but there were certain other, uh, sectors, you know, business sectors, uh, market sectors that you guys focus on. Uh, do you look at those? Uh, are you uh, making sure you're telling all your customers about that? I'm sure you are. You're strategic. You said that before. Yeah. So thought leadership is huge with us. So we always try to bring value to customers who kind of, we, we, we like to question them a little bit of how they're running their business today. And if we can educate them and be part of, you know, that process to you know, make their day-to-day easier with technology, with with our partners. That's our ultimate goal. Okay, excellent. We've seen a bunch of a bunch of these hospitals, healthcare spaces. They've had they've been thrown into the mix very very quickly um, and had to really adapt. You know, what health or what should the health industries be thinking about as they adopt to the cloud world? I mean, like. Really, what are, what are the two or three things that they can really focus on? You know, my question, uh, you know, that's a great question. I, I think, um, you know, security is huge today. Uh, just like Dan was saying in education, um, you know, um, we at Reinvent, we try to find the right partner that can help that client scale with their business needs. You know, we look for partners that have a team of developers, engineers, and security experts that constantly innovates. Perfect example, you know, on Sunday, uh, UHS, which is Universal Health Services, got hit by ransomware and took down yeah, I saw that. I saw that. country. Yeah, I mean, it's just crazy, you know. It's, um, it's this Russian group in, um, I, I forgot what exactly the city, but they go by Rook. And it, it's just crazy, you know. Like, I, I've had, you know, people in, um, in the aero industry who, recently also got hit by 
ransomware and had to pay like $75,000 in Bitcoin. It, it's just crazy. And That's insane. Yeah, it, it's, it's really crucial that they have the right security systems in place. Just like DAS, you know, it helps on that level. You know, Citrix, the, you know, the partnership with Start to Start, you know, people really need to be concerned with security because as technology evolves, it's only going to get worse if you don't have those security policies in place. Uh, I, I couldn't agree more. The security side is so, so, so important right now in the healthcare space. Um, you know, and, and they're looking, I mean, like they, like, like education, they've got, they've been given a lot of money too to spend. Um, and, you know, there is, you know, there is a, a sort of urgency to what they're doing and, and wanting to put those those solutions in as quickly as possible. So, um, you know, I think that, you know, it's it, it, you guys are going after those right industries right now. So it, it seems like you're really tapped in. So yeah, it's just been a fascinating conversation. John, I know you always like, you've probably got some questions up your sleeve here as we get towards the end. I don't know, you, you always seem to have one or two. I got, a, I got a couple here that I just kind of thought of earlier today, which I, I that's the, the morning is me. I can think in the morning. In the afternoon, I'm not too good. So I'm kind of, it's two o'clock. Almost <laughs> That's because you get up at like four in the morning. I know. I get up about four in the morning and I, uh, yeah, about two o'clock. I'm about ready for the uh, Manny Petty and then a little snooze. So uh, this, wow. who wants to take the first question? This is, this is the fun part. So who wants to volunteer for the first question? I, I think I'd give it to Dan. Dan. Okay, Dan. If you were to win twenty million dollars in the lottery, would you still work? Uh, yeah, probably been in different capacity, but I definitely would still work. I actually am a part uh, founder of a local nonprofit. We feed families in our community who are who are going through seasons of transition. So that's where I would spend my wow. time and my energy. Okay, so I'm over here like, no, no, I'm, I'm not doing anything. Dan's like, yeah, it would work. <laughs> I'm like, would there, would there be if fishing's working? Then I'd be doing it. Would buy, Dan. Is there any? Yeah, uh, I would. I, I definitely have my eye on a nice diesel pusher so I can go around the country. <laughs> okay, nice, good. Who's next? Who wants next? I think it was Craig that came up next, right? Yes, sir. This is, uh, these are just bizarre questions that come out of my head at four o'clock in the morning. So you got to just bear with me. Do you dress up on Halloween? <laughs> I do, I do, but it's more of um, wearing a ski mask and stealing the, the bags of candy. So, but it's still oh, dressing okay. up. So you're more of a thief every year then? Well, I'm trying to keep the lawyers uh, still you know, <laughs> oh, in business. So. I see. You're yeah. in that law sector. Good one. Hey, John, yes, John, do you dress up on Halloween? I do not dress up on Halloween. No, I do not. No, I'm we used to have we back in the day when I was a little bit younger. We used to have a raucous Halloween party every year. It was like the biggest thing, like, and we had it every year. The first year we lived in this neighborhood that we we had now we live in now. We've been here for about eleven years. We had a big, big Halloween party, four or five in the morning. We get like a letter in the mail the next next week from the homeowners association. It's like. Parties have to end by 10 o'clock. <laughs> we, like, we were like, well, that, that's not going to happen. <laughs> we learned our guess. lesson. The next, the next year, we warned all the neighbors. We were like, there's going to be a lot of cars parked around the neighborhood. Just don't, don't stress out about it. <laughs> Who wants the next one? I'll take it. Neil, you want it? Sure, let's, it? Go. let's get it. What is your favorite hobby? What is my favorite hobby? Uh, talking. I, it sounds terrible and weird to say that, but talking.
working and uh, it's turned into a, more than a hobby and uh, being live in 50 states in 136 countries, it gets even, I don't know, new level, ne next level. It keeps adding on to the hobby that I already have. So it's the I, more countries I, that we get in, the, the better. So <laughs> I, I am so jealous because, uh, you know, I, 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 I really enjoy doing these podcasts. Uh, I've been doing them for a while and really? I want to expand out. I really want to go and I want to be in more countries. Uh, Frederick, what, what is our, uh, what is that one country? That Nepal. We, have? we have a lot of listeners in Nepal. Nepal. Wow. We have four listeners in Nepal and I'm sure that's all they do <laughs> in that one day, but that's when our podcasts come out. So, um, that makes you international. That that gets you in. Uh, that, that makes you an international podcaster. Oh, absolutely, absolutely, we're international. That, we have... the, it's going on my resume. I'll put it up on LinkedIn. It's got to go up there. Okay, hundred percent. And uh, Ryan, I'm sorry, you're la you're with the last question here. Do you ever wear a hat? Uh, if I do, I'm only sporting my Niners. If I'm doing that. Ah. Okay, so you do wear a hat, but it's only on occasions where you'd be. Uh, supporting your football team, the 49ers. Okay. Not a great one either. No other time. No other. You would never wear a hat uh, like anywhere place else. Oh, wait. I, I, I could actually correct myself here. So recently, a couple months ago, I went to Kern, Kern River, and I'm glad I had my little, like, kind of poncho hat going on because it saved my face. And okay. uh, other okay. than that, no, I'm not a big like hat person. Like, well, you got good well, hair. You got a lot of hair I, though, John. I got, the, I got the hair up here, yeah. you know, so there is. Yeah, I'm not a hat person either. That's why that <laughs> question popped out to me. Like, uh, you know, I, is anybody- I always wear a hat. I got, my hair is uh, is fading fast. You need so a wear. hat, David, at all times when you go out. <laughs> wow. I want to tell you, this has been one of the most enjoyable podcasts I have ever been on. Um, and I've been on, like three. No, I'm sorry, more than that, obviously. But uh, top 33 percent. Yeah. <laughs> no, we've, we've you've been on more. I think you've been on four. But anyways, I've no, this on, is. Yeah, I've been on a few more. I've this has been great. Been we've excellent been having you guys on here, Dave. I'll let you wrap it up. Yeah. Appreciate that. This has been fantastic getting to know everyone from the Reinvig side. We look forward to a bright future together with a partnership. Hopefully, we'll get to see each other in person. Love to go out the Bay Area and uh and uh, meet you guys out there drink some nice wine and uh i'm not going to texas and you know don't 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 oh, no, no 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 you said bay area i got the golden gate right here buddy yeah. here we go san luis obispo yeah. i've spent some time in san luis obispo it's a beautiful area they call uh, it god's country yeah so thanks thanks to ryan and to craig and to dan and to anil uh for, for joining us today we really appreciate it it's been fantastic getting to know you guys uh, and for uh, Heads in the Cloud, David Portnowitz. And I'm John Roth. And we'll see you next time. Thanks, everybody. Thanks, gentlemen. Pleasure to meet you. Yes. Pleasure. Thanks, Frederick. Appreciate your help.